It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hey, God bless you all. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk, a partner and attorney at the law firm Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us, 312-726-1243. Do you care about women? Do you care about babies? Are you confused or alarmed about abortion? Wondering, what can I do? Are you discouraged? Is it overwhelming? Well, stay tuned, because today we're speaking with Lori Higgins, cultural affairs writer for the Illinois Family Institute, who writes about these issues and is going to give us some answers. Lori consistently comments for the ever-changing landscape of our society that continues to battle against God. Lori, God bless you. Welcome back to our show. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me again. Well, abortion is back in the news, not that it was ever out of the news, but uh, with a number of states proposing legislation to make abortion more illegal or illegal in a greater extent or virtually illegal in every context, uh, there's a lot of controversy being stirred up. Let's go back to the basics, because if we're going to be talking about the law and how the law should change, we need to look at when life begins. And Roe versus Wade uh, really punts on this issue. Judge Harry Blackman wrote, we don't know when life begins. The Buddhists say one thing, the Catholics say another, the American Indians uh, think it's with quickening. I'm not sure I got those all hooked together right, but uh, he went through a a big list of cultural traditions as when life began, but the opinion ends up saying, if we did know when life begins, it would be an altogether different legal question. Do we know when life begins? Well, science has always known when life begins, and we were taught it in high school science and biology class, so that was never an issue. Now they've changed the language to saying, oh, well, we do know when life begins, we just don't know when personhood begins. But we do know that the product of conception between two humans is a human. We know that it happens at fertilization. We know that all the genetic material is there, and a new, distinct human person has come into existence. Obviously, the development is a continuum, but a new human being has come into existence at the moment of conception. Yes, and and that answers the question for some people, but others might go back and say, well, this personhood thing, maybe it's life, but is it is it protectable life? And there's a values collision here between people who say, we can decide whatever we want, and godly values. Does God give us any indication as to when life begins in the scripture or otherwise? Well, we know that scripture teaches us that um, that we were knitted together in our mother's womb. So that would assume that life begins at conception. That's Psalm 139, 
uh, verses 13 and 14 is what I'll read. For you, speaking to God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So yes, we have, we have the Psalms. We have John the Baptist leaping in, in the womb for joy when Jesus, uh, uh, Mary, uh, comes into his presence uh, carrying Jesus in her womb. Uh, so we know that the unborn child can praise God and recognize Jesus. And I, I think even the scripture, I was just thinking about it, Lori, when uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, life must have begun at the time the Holy Spirit uh, touched her egg and fertilized it. Right, exactly. So, so we have scripture saying life begins at conception, and we have science saying that. Right. And even for the Supreme Court justices to say, we don't know when life begins, and I think it was Obama said, this is above my pay grade. Wouldn't it make sense when you're talking about something as fundamental and critically important as when life begins to err on the side of caution? Like if you're admitting, I guess I don't know when it begins, but we'll go ahead and err on the side of allowing potentially human slaughter because we don't know when it begins. Wouldn't you err on the other side on an issue like this? And all the criteria that are used to justify, you know, killing a, a human in the womb could be applied to other humans to say, well, they're not fully developed. Well, preemies are born not fully developed. There's even sometimes full-term babies that are not fully developed. Yes, amen, amen. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, partner law firm of Mauk & Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, where you can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter, we're speaking with Lori Higgins, cultural affairs writer for the Illinois Family Institute, about the current abortion controversies that are going on. So, uh, as, you were, as you were saying before, um, I reintroduced you, Lori. The important question is do we take a chance if this is actually life? Or are we sure that it's actually life and uh, there's really no debate about it? Well, I mean, what, what is really frightening about this is if, if the people who say, we don't know when life begins, and then at some point they discover, oh, wow, life does begin at conception, and we have at this point slaughtered 60 million humans. I mean, that's like ghastly to think about. And by their own admission, they're saying they don't know. So and, and I mean, it seems seems they're going the other way. Sometimes when they find out there's an inconsistency, it's it's then okay. I guess life doesn't matter, and we're talking then more euthanasia and allowing children to be born alive and then letting them die. And the value of human life is actually declining because people don't want to admit that they've been murdering. Right. Well, and we are moving, I mean, already we're at de facto infanticide. When you say it's okay 
to have a human in the womb killed at at birth minus a day. There's no difference between that and following birth. And we know Peter Singer, the bioethicist from Princeton, has long argued that there should be a window of opportunity of about a month after which parents can see if the baby is defective and have it, you know, euthanized in essence. So we're, that's the direction we're moving. And and speaking to our mostly believers audience, mostly Christians, I want to ask the question, are, are we... Uh, enabling that by having exceptions in the law and saying, well, we're against abortion except in cases of rape and incest. And isn't that now becoming really a crucial issue? Because if we're saying it's okay to kill a child who's conceived through incest or rape, and that child is innocent, and that child can find a home. It can be raised by the mother or raised by the parents or raised uh, by adoptive parents. Uh, there are plenty of adoptive parents out there. But if we say that child can be killed, aren't we being inconsistent and, and really uh, protecting the consciences of those uh, people who might feel bad about uh, killing uh, babies who are a product of normal conception? Oh, absolutely. This is the the Alabama uh, ban that just took place that's causing such an uproar in the country. There are even conservatives who are coming out and saying, well, it's gone too far by eliminating the exception for cases of rape or incest. But as you're saying, that's what makes it philosophically and morally consistent. If that is a human that has created a conception, which all pro-life advocates argue, then on what basis do you justify killing it because of the sins of its father, its biological father? It doesn't make any sense. And, and of course, we have compassion for women who are victims of such crimes, but if they cannot raise a child who's a product of rape or incest, they can give it to a family who can love that child. That child does not deserve to be exterminated because its father committed a crime, or I should say his or her father committed a crime. Yeah, no, I think that that's uh, exactly right, and, and that's what the Alabama legislature is doing, not just calling attention to the Supreme Court, but to the consciences of believers. It's not a question, really, of consistency. It's a question of saving lives. The consistency comes in convincing others, uh, if you want to follow logic, but uh, it, it is logical but it's also compassionate. These, these children are entitled to life. They're living, and we're right. killing them, and we're facilitating their being killed. Coming up, we're going to talk further with Lori Higgins, cultural affairs writer for the Illinois Family Institute, about the Alabama abortion legislation and how Christians are responding to it, what President Trump has had to say, and Pat Robertson, and what you as believers should know and can do. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauck. Hello, I'm 
David Smith, Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute, an independent nonprofit ministry dedicated to boldly bringing a biblical perspective to public policy. Here at IFI, our mission is to support traditional family values, defend biblical truths, and uphold Christian morals. We consider Mauk and Baker our allies in this mission, and we are proud to support them in their legal endeavors. Mauk and Baker is a law firm that upholds Christian beliefs, putting God first. If you ever find your religious liberty and rights as a person of faith under attack, you can trust the attorneys of Mauk and Baker to fight for you. Mauk and Baker has a team of Christian lawyers who seek to achieve justice and advance the gospel through their work. If you have a legal need or question and would like the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243 or visit their website at maukbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, an attorney at Mauk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio, and you can hear this program and many others that uh, are recorded there. Today we've been speaking with Lori Higgins, cultural affairs writer for the Illinois Family Institute, about the current issues concerning abortion. And just before the break, Lori, we were talking about the importance of being consistent and protecting children who are the product of incest or rape, that they shouldn't be killed just because the father or uh, some person has uh, done evil and harmed somebody, raped somebody, but yet, it's not the child's fault, and the child is a person, and we shouldn't go murder that innocent person. Do you think the Alabama action and other legislatures who are, are taking the uh, exceptions for uh, rape and abortion out of the laws uh, prohibiting abortion are doing a good thing then, and is, is the discussion moving well, I mean, I think it's a good thing. You know, there's always a debate sort of about strategy. Should we, you know, there's, I mean, I subscribe to incrementalism. I mean, I think that you try to persuade people and, and move the line, move the line. But I do think that this has always been a place that our intellectual and moral inconsistency has been a weakness for us. The left is perfectly capable of seeing that if you say this is a human person created in the you know, likeness and image of God and then say, but it's okay to kill it if its father committed a crime, its biological father, they can see that as well. And, and they're right. They're right in seeing that as an inconsistency. So I think it's important that we do that. I think it's important that we have this debate. It introduces the debate uh, and, and makes us have it. And I think conservatives, one of their problems is, well, I think sometimes they're not intellectually prepared to debate, and they don't like controversy. Well, well, we all want to be liked, but uh, didn't Jesus say something about, if you want to be my disciple, uh, you must take up your cross and follow me, leave mother, father, brother, and sister, family and houses, and you will receive brothers and sisters, and uh, mothers and fathers, and in the life to come, uh, eternal life, age to come. 
And you're going to get persecuted in this life. It's part of the program, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, I mean, I ask this question all the time, that if we're Christians today in America and we're not experiencing some sort of persecution or negative consequences as a result of our faith, we're probably saying and doing things we ought not, or we're not saying or doing things we ought to be saying or doing. And I don't understand what scripture Christians are reading. There's a lot about being persecuted, about considering it joy to encounter trials for our discipleship and our following of Christ. And Christians today, many Christians, not all, say the the suffering they are unwilling to endure is having their neighbor mad at them. And I say, then you're not very mature in your faith. Well, okay. I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, What we want to offer to our listeners is a prayer. And I'm going to lead a prayer right now for those who have been frustrated, either through conflict avoidance or uh, just fear of condemnation or Um, not knowing how to discuss the issues. Uh, If you want to change, to have the power of God in your life, to stand up to the persecution and get that joy that comes from that, but be obedient to the Lord, uh, then uh, accept this prayer right now. Dear God, we pray for our listeners, everyone who's hearing my voice and Lori's voice, who wants to save lives, who really understands that children are being murdered by the thousands and millions in our nation, and who's willing to repent of their, of their uh, fear, uh, fearfulness, who's willing to repent of their laziness, and who's willing to say, God, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for these children. I'm never going to have another abortion. I'm never going to facilitate another abortion, and I'm never going to vote for another pro-abortion candidate if there's there's an alternative, a pro-life candidate, and I'm going to help support pro-life ministries. Uh, Lord, uh, help all of these people who want to do things uh, right to help you and build your kingdom but they feel thwarted. Help them to receive this prayer, and by your Spirit, touch them now in Yeshua's name. Amen. Uh, that's part of our battle. And then we also have to ask the question, where is the battle going? Is it Roe versus Wade? Is it a legal battle? Is it a spiritual battle? Does it go back to the state laws? Uh, where do we look beyond that? You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker, and we're talking to Lori Higgins, cultural affairs writer for Illinois Family Institute, about these serious abortion issues and opportunities to change the conversation. Uh, Lori, one of the things that I've noticed is that some of the commentators on television, I, obviously we can't listen to all of them, all the time, but are actually bringing in pro-life speakers who are talking about protecting uh, lives. It's not just a question of a mother's right versus uh, a state right. It's a question of human rights versus human rights. Are you seeing that or am I just imagining that? 
No, I'm saying it too, and it's so important because the left gets away with not referring to a second body whenever they're talking about abortion. I, I saw Chris Wallace interviewing um, Amy Klobuchar yesterday, and I was disappointed because, of course, she's trying to avoid that part, and he, I don't think he was, he didn't seem like he was prepared to sort of follow up on the issue of whether there are only, if there's two bodies or is there one body. And this is forcing this conversation to come to the fore because people who are skilled and prepared know how to address this, this issue. And one thing, these leaders in these other states, in Ohio and Missouri and Alabama, when they step forward for truth and are willing to bear the consequences of that, their leadership inspires other people to come forward. And that's what we forget about. There's great joy, as you mentioned, and blessing that comes from a willingness to endure persecution. We need leaders to step forward and do this. I mean, imagine where the civil rights um, movement would have been if we hadn't had Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to step forward at great personal risk to speak for truth. And that's what we need in this movement. And we're seeing it today. We're seeing it in these lawmakers in these various states. Well, amen. It is, it is, it is a blessing and it's a battle. And God puts us in battles to protect. Uh, God has made us protectors, providers, nurturers, and that's the nature of who humans are. And those right. who are denying that and fighting against that, saying we're just, just here for our own selves and carnal pleasures, uh, are often just really fighting against God. That's, that's the bottom line of the battle. We also forget that our children and our grandchildren are watching us. So would we either through our silence and acquiescence or even through our words to our family members or our, our friends in front of our children say, oh, you know, this is too controversial and we want to, you know, we, we want to sort of promote unity. Unity never trumps truth. And so we are really many uh, it's Christians. It's going to end up being a false unity. Right. It'll, it'll fall apart. Well, and we and we forget scripture where Jesus says, you know, I came not to bring peace but a sword that'll divide even families. So, but I, you know, people Christians need to realize that their children are watching them. They're watching what they say and what they do and whether they stand up for truth and and I want I want to give this helpful idea to Christians who have their children watching them. Because sometimes some of our listeners might think, well, this is just a legal battle. It's all about Roe versus Wade. It's not. We've got to look beyond Roe versus Wade and persuade people not to have abortions, persuade women, persuade the men that, that pressure them to say this is human life. And whether it's against the law or not, you shouldn't have an abortion. Right. And uh, even if Roe versus Wade were repealed, uh, abortion would still be legal in most states and there'd be morning after abortion pills, and, and that will happen. So uh, we've been directing people to go to quiwanday.com. That's Q-I-Y-U-A-N-Day.com. And uh, look at that website and talk about celebrating the day of conception. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 
or at mountbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website and you'll get a free subscription to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Lori, how can people reach the Illinois Family Institute? They can go to illinoisfamily.org. Amen. There you can donate and uh, read a lot of uh, what Lori's written and find prayer companions. Thanks for listening. I'm John Mauk, partner at Mauk and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. to serve somebody Yes indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody